Hello, everybody. Welcome to Roll Em If You Got Em. I am Dakota, as always, joined with by Carl. Hi. And on today's episode, we have a special guest. We have uh, Andy Hobday, um, who we brought on because he is releasing a rulebook for the, it's called the Baron's War, um, which is a medieval skirmish game. Thanks for joining us today. You're very welcome. Thanks for inviting me. All right. Um, so a Andy's um, written quite a few different rule books um, for quite a few different games. Kind of just found the Baron's War um, through a mutual friend, and it looked really awesome. Um, the miniatures on it are awesome. Um, but just to get into that, just to get a little bit of your background, why don't you tell us about um, how you got to be writing games um, and developing games, uh, miniature games? Yeah, of course. Uh, I was lucky enough uh, to work for game. Well, this is it's obviously uh, my interest in the hobby and playing playing lots of games growing up, etc. But when I my first uh, real job was with Games Workshop, mm -hmm. so uh, I spent about fifteen years with them doing. You know, I worked in the stores and uh, lots of other bits and pieces around there and, and IT of all things. But uh, we. When I, when I worked there, uh, it was when Games Workshop was growing and we were kind of uh, instilled with this confidence that we could kind of do anything. And I think uh, that's <laughs> what's helped Games Workshop grow to where it is today. Uh, I left Games Workshop in about 2007 and uh, I ended up working at Warlord Games because it was set up uh, by people who I who I knew from Games Workshop and some of them who I'd worked with and uh, got quite involved there. And because it was uh, at the beginning and it was all new, uh, there was lots of possibilities and lots of things open to us. And one of those things was I I ended up working on uh, Rick Priestley's latest sci-fi game, Beyond the Gates of Antares, where uh Rick had, Rick had written this game and brought it and I got got involved with some of the playtesting but I was quite blown away by the rules and uh just got involved there with him and worked on that and helped help promote it and that was my my first real involvement in in you know developing or being involved in a game so that was really the starting point for me awesome that's uh, awesome yeah, I mean, you know, what, what a great, what a great way to start, you know, right. uh, getting getting to work with Rick, and uh, he he is so generous with his time. He's so giving. He spent a lot of time with me and uh, talked about how they develop games at Games Workshop and things they did, and he explained the mechanics of Antares and why he did things in certain ways, and uh, coupled coupled with my years and years and years of gaming. Uh, it started kind of. I think it must have. It must have been the Rosetta Stone because it kind of unlocked a lot of things for me, uh, and and made me really think about it. And then just from there, uh, I I'm quite a big fan of of samurai, and I wanted to play a samurai skirmish game, and there wasn't one uh, that I, that really ticked all the boxes. So I ended up working with a friend of mine, Graham Davy, and we developed a game called Test of Honor, and test of honor came it, it when we when we did test of honor it was never done uh so, you know i did we didn't start this by saying right we're going to write a, a samurai game which we're going to develop and sell and you know and it will be out there it was more we wanted to play samurai and we couldn't find a game that we enjoyed so we we created one 
and we ended up playing that game for about 16, 18 months. Uh, just a warlord after after school, as I like to say, with uh, with other warlorders, and the game developed from there. And that really was the first uh, game that I that I developed uh, with, you know, from the ground up with Graham. So, warlord got interested in that. They they acquired some plastic samurai. They uh, coupled that with the game, and and they released Test of Honor, which uh, which did okay for them. They, uh, it, it, it sold quite a, quite a, quite a lot. I think it was second to Bolt Action at one time in their sales. So it was, uh, it was quite, quite well received. That's awesome. Yeah. So from there, I just, I just kind of, I left Warlord. Uh, ended up with my, you know, <clears throat> buying into a, a miniatures company called Footsaw Miniatures with a friend. Because it was just offered, and you know, and who wouldn't want their own miniatures company if it was there, and uh, and and that just gave me the vehicle to to write and design, you know, our own games, and we've done a few since then. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm looking at um, the uh, Beyond the Gates and the Test of Honor right now. I, I've never heard of these games before. And, no, I mean they look sweet. The models look amazing <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Um, it's interesting. It's interesting, isn't it? I, you know, I'm my background is Games Workshop. You know, when I and I'm talking back to when I was uh, eleven, twelve. You know, that's that was my gateway into it all. From you know, after Dungeons and Dragons and all of that stuff, we found we needed miniatures to play uh, Dungeons and Dragons, and that's how I found Games Workshop. Mm-hmm. But you know, outside of Games Workshop, people don't really know. Uh, I, I'm generalizing. How many other good games there are out there? Oh, for sure. And I'm, I'm not saying that my, you know, that, that's not. Well, no, no, yeah, you're not. You're not wrong. Yeah, yeah, you're you're not wrong. I mean, there's. I think that's another thing is uh, there's t- there's almost too many, if you will, because yes, I agree, and not because there's too many to learn and anything, but. You, there's too many to have the time to play. So most people, they find yeah. the one that, that they like, and they're like, Oh, this is what I have time for. So I don't have time to learn I, a new game. And I also think they play the ones that they know they can get a game of. Mm-hmm. And if you, and if you play games, workshop games, 40 K age of Sigma now, you're pretty, pretty guaranteed a game, aren't you? With someone. Right. That's or someone's true. collecting it, you know, and that, that's the, that's the rub, I think, and I think that's something that Games Workshop has done very well. Very true. Yeah, with a lot of the miniatures games, it's almost like the buddy system where you find a game and then you're like, you friend, you're going to learn this game also so that I can play it. And then it's like, all right, yes. here we go. That's kind of, I know that's kind of how, um, which we'll be talking more about the Barons, where that's kind of how it was with this for me. I remember I saw um, the video you guys posted, I think it was like a, 10-ish minute video kind of like outlining the game i saw it and i don't know what it was it just like kind of clicked and i was like mm-hmm. all right i'm into this and i, I know i sent over to carl and i was just like here we go you know like we're playing this <laughs> yeah. and he was like and then he was at, and he's like yeah this is awesome let's go he's like i'm into this now you're into this too well all right cool i, yeah. I that works for me no objections. and that's how that, that's how you know who your friends are isn't it yeah yeah it's like yeah. Who, who can you pull into miniatures games with you those are true friends Absolutely. Yeah, that that was how we got into Ice and Fire also, Mm. uh, which is when we started the show and stuff. And because I don't I'm sure we've told this story before, but basically 
we'll shorten it up. Back in high school, Dakota had come to me at one point, and he's like, hey, I saw this game the other day where they have these armies and vehicles and this and that, and they you know, play in a big table. It, he, it was Warhammer 40K. All right, cool. So there's a store not too far from here, and we go, and uh, we started looking at the boxes, and we're like, oh, yeah, we can't play this. This is way too much money. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Like, there's no way. And then years go by, and uh, I found Ice and Fire and the Kickstarter and stuff, and I kind of messaged Dakota with it. I'm like, hey, remember about a decade ago when we wanted to play a tabletop war game? Well, I, I bought one, so... And I have like three different factions. So are you down to play? And, you know, we've kind of grown and learned that together. And Brilliant. that's where the podcast and everything is stem from that. So. Yeah. 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 I mean, if he doesn't get into this, I probably don't stay into it either. Honestly. But yeah. yeah but you need, you need, you need friends to fuel the passion, don't you? That's, mm-hmm. that's part of what it is, you know, and you need, I think you need to play games to uh, keep the interest going, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's kind of get into the real reason we're here, and we're going to be talking about the Barons War. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about this? First off, what is the Barons War? Um, and then we'll kind of stem off from there. Okay. Uh, but it's two two sides to that, mm-hmm. uh, two answers really to that. Uh, the Barons' War itself was a period, uh, if we're looking at it from a historical point of view, the Barons' War is, uh, there was actually two, but this book is based on the first Barons' War. Uh, it was a period of 1215 to 1217, and uh, England in, England's in civil war, uh, mainly due to King John, who we all know from Robin Hood. And King John has just been absolutely outrageous and he's, his demand and his taxes and the way he's treating his barons uh, has got to the point where they've just had enough. And what they've done is they've created this decree, which we know today is the Magna Carta, to make him sign. So the idea is to make him answerable to a, a council of 25 barons. So King John agrees to this because I think they, they kind of have him over a table, really, over a barrel. He's not really got a lot of chance. And at a place called Runnymede in England, he signs the Magna Carta, which, yeah, so King John, what he's signing in really is uh, democracy. And uh, unfortunately, what happens is a few days later, he uh, he reneges on it and the barons uh, turn on him and it starts a civil war in England. So what uh, what year are we looking at here? Uh, we this is twelve fifteen. This is twelve fifteen. Okay. So, yeah. So Richard Richard is gone. Richard the first is everybody is a, a king that most people know. King John is now on the throne. Uh, but there's lots. These barons are very powerful individuals, up and down the length of of the kingdom. You know, Scotland, Wales, England, but also uh, over in France. There's lots of uh, uh, lots of English barons have land in France as well, so they both eye each other, uh, each other's for to take to take over their their territories, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So they, it's a long running feud, really, that goes all the way back to 1066 when the, with the Norman invasion. So where we where we the, if we said the curtain opener opener is on the Barons' War, this has happened. Uh, you, there's a rebellion that's happened and the rebels have gone and captured London and John has rallied 
the barons to his banner that he has but unfortunately because he's not been the best of kings he, he hasn't uh he he is uh slightly outnumbered however he goes on campaign and he he starts to starts to attack uh castles and lay siege and and this bloody war civil war erupts gotcha all right so then how did so you, obviously that's our time period how did you get to developing like a game for this time period was it something where you you knew the history and you're like, oh, I want to play games in that era, or was it more of you, you know, the medieval model aspect? How how did you get to writing this rule set? Yeah, so it's a bit of both. I I like I must admit I like uh, medieval figures, you know, knights up until the point where plate mail is introduced. Mm-hmm. So you know, when you think of a knight, when he's got chain mail, he's got his helmet, you know, his full helmet. Uh, shield and sword that kind of looking with a you know with his tabard over the top uh and it's in the beginning of heldry as well so that's really what attracts me to this period mm-hmm. but also uh just just the fact that uh we we know well i say we i'm, I'm being quite general i there's a, a lot of history you can find out about these characters and it's very characterful so obviously we do know about king john we do know about uh uh, a chap called William Marshall, and William Marshall was known as the great. Well, he's still known as the greatest knight, but not a lot's known about him. Uh, but luckily for us, his son, one of his sons, after, not long after his death, uh, commissioned his biography. And within this, these pages of this biography, which you, this, this still, uh, is still out there. The original manuscript is still out there. You, it tells us a lot about the period and a lot about about William Marshall, who was a, a character who served five English kings. He was loyal to the crown. He was uh, a, a tournament champion, a jousting tournament champion. He came up through the ranks and uh, he he's a, a real modern day hero, especially against the backdrop of the Barons War. So at this time, he's, uh, he's nearly years old, William Marshall, but he still puts on his armor and he still rides out to face the rebels. And it's it's those kind of stories that really drew me into this period. Awesome, awesome. Um, so I know that um, this kind of came up too. You guys did a Kickstarter for the Barons were for the miniatures. Now, did you kind of have this rule set in mind and you kickstarted these miniatures, or did you have the miniatures then the rule set? Was it? What, kind of what came first year the chicken or the egg type of thing for you guys uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh the the miniatures came first when we okay. when we started uh futsal about four years ago or when i joined futsal uh this was a range of miniatures i always wanted to do and then we started i started working with paul hicks who i'd known for quite a long time he's the sculptor of the figures and he he was yeah yeah of course i'll, I'll get involved in this range and we could never finish it off always something else had come up so then uh, the year before last, I spoke to my partner and said, "Look, I really want to do the Baron's War." And he said, "Yeah, me too, but we just can't. We can't do it. We just can't fit it in." And at that point, I'd I'd had a bit of a hissy fit, and I was like, "Right, I'm I'm going to do the Baron's War," and right. you know, table flipping and everything, and and I I left, and that's that's how we ended up going to Kickstarter because I actually did it independently of of Footsore and everything else. I I I said I need to do this period. I spoke to Paul and Paul Paul and I got our heads together and Paul said, I'll sculpt all the figures, you do the Kickstarter and we'll see if there's a real interest for it. So uh, 
2019, I think we did it towards the end of 2019. We did the first one, and uh, that was just for miniatures, and it and it was really well received. So uh, we were asked to do a, a second one, and we were quite keen to do that. And as part of doing that, I said, "Oh, I'll write some, I'll write some alpha rules that we can we can give away. You know, just a small set of rules that you can take your Baron's War miniatures and start." pushing them around the table as part of the Kickstarter. And, and that's how the rules were conceived. So it was it was really miniatures first and then and then rules. Gotcha. I mean, the miniatures are awesome. I mean, everybody, if you go to um, footsoreminiatures.co.uk um, um, and go under the, the Baron's War collection, the miniatures, are they look awesome. I mean, I'm just flipping through. I, I know we don't have any yet. Um, probably look to get some here in the future, um, but they look fantastic. Um, but going off that, so how does the kind of an alpha rule set really turn into about a 140-page book of rules? That's, um, I think yeah. I, 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 I know you mentioned that. It kind of sounds like it's like, oh, yeah, we'll have like some small rule set here. It'll be cool. And then is that something you worked on where you're like, you just kind of kept going? And next thing you know, you're like, I yeah. have a... a you know, a disagreement yeah. these rules. The old, uh, well, that escalated quickly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very much so. Yeah, uh, yes, it was. It was very much. I, I totally had it in my head. It was going to be 50, 60 pages because mm-hmm. it was, you know, just a freebie. And then we would have developed that. But two things happened really. One was the community that had kind of started to build around the miniatures showed a real keenness for it. So that that kind of. Uh, injected me with enthusiasm it really enthused me so that was one side and then you know one of the positives of being locked down in, under the pandemic normally i travel an hour an hour and a half uh, each way to work mm-hmm. and i had that time each day so what i just started writing and then i just filled all that t- extra time with writing and as it began to grow and i got quite really excited about it and and ideas developed and through playtesting etc we ended up with with what we have. Awesome, yeah. We we currently just have our uh, have the PDF version of it. I know we uh, ordered kind of the like the rule book set where you get the rule book and the PDF and whatnot. Um, so we have been looking through that. I know that the the actual books are being shipped sometime here this month, I believe. Um, That's correct. Yeah. Um, so we're really looking forward to actually, you know, get it in our hands here and check it out. I mean, the, the artwork in it is awesome. Obviously we read, read through the rules. They seem fantastic. Um, you know, this seems like an awesome, you know, an awesome book here for anybody in, you know, the historical, that likes the historical aspect or even the just miniature wargaming in general. Um, yeah. Well, the good, the good thing about the, the rules as well, you know, we were talking about the period that they were set, which is 12, 15, 12, 17. The reality is, uh, a spearman is a spearman. A bowman is a bowman. So you can you could slide the the actual rules either way. They could go earlier or they could go later, mm-hmm. quite easily. So when when I was writing them, I was writing the rules with a generic uh, sk- set of skirmish rules in mind. That the way that it's been constructed is that we can then lay uh, army lists and, and army troops over the top. So I, I believe one of the the, uh, the things that's very positive about this is the fact that uh, I spent the time, spent that extra time of creating those 140 pages that we can use the 
the basic core of that rules and and use it for different games. And going back to what we were saying right at the beginning, where there's all of these games out there and people don't want to keep learning new games. Well, the idea being you have a, this core set of rules that you've learned the basics and the way that the game plays. You can then just take those rules and play different periods. Right. Yeah. It, I. Yeah. You can definitely see how like these rules would translate very well to you know, even different eras and different kinds of troops and it's absolutely, you know, you, you add, you, you add a magic section and some magic weapons. It's, it's a fantasy set of rules. Right. Very, very simply done, you know? So kind of, uh, okay. So I I have about the Kickstarter. Does it tell Mm. you like, geographically where a lot of these um orders and stuff kind of come from i'm just interested to like did you get a lot of orders from the people who currently live in these places or was it pretty balanced internationally kind of thing yeah uh the last one we had it was i would say there's a there's a large proportion of uk orders of course Mm -hmm. but we had as many American orders as UK orders. Okay. Uh, so as in pledges and backers. Uh, and some, some of the Americans were a lot bigger, <laughs> of course, uh, in, in what they pledged. Uh, we've sent to Australia, New Zealand. One went to Singapore, Japan. So it, okay. it got, it's, pretty, it's pretty international, yeah. I, I, think, I think the way – don't, don't – uh, this is – something i'm quite keen on i i like history and i'm i'm an historical gamer however i am a fantasy gamer and a sci-fi gamer as well and for me the gaming is the most important thing so i think you know it depends on what level you want to 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 get invest in 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 the game you could take the baron's war rules just put some knights and some spearmen and some sergeants some crossbowmen on a table using the rules and play the game they don't have to be you don't have to play king john you don't have to play William Marshall. You don't have to play, you know, William de Warren. All of these these named characters. They, you don't have to do that if you don't want to. There's actually a, a a character builder in there where you can build your own characters. So you could you could build whoever you want and put them into the game. So you can play it at that level if you like, as just as a, a medieval skirmish game. Or if you are, you know, you are you really want to invest time and energy and and read the history you can delve in there's a there's a, a section on historical characters they're named uh, they're all in there or you can create your own historical characters etc and play very historically if you want to so it depends on on how you want to approach your games so i think uh there's a real attraction uh for for knights i think it's this idea of because it's got they're quite an iconic uh warrior type a, a knight in armor so I think people are attracted to that and they're attracted to the figures. So the, the game, the, the actual rule set will allow you to play however you want to play. I liked when, uh, I think it's somewhere at the very beginning of the rule book. Yeah, yeah, here it is. The cost of equipping a knight in the 13th century and you break down the, yeah. uh, the point cost compared to like about what it would be today. And you said it would be about 350,000 euro for a yeah. night to take the, the battlefield today that's yeah that's, that's, crackers isn't it yeah you think how many of that how many of those are on the battlefield true yeah, yeah. right right 
Yeah, and going into it too, I thought that I think it's really cool kind of how it's set up in the rule book. Yeah, you have all these named characters where you're like, this is how we want this this guy, like this is what he does. He's named like uh um William Marshall and you know all those named characters, but then there's also oh hey, here's like a basic format of saying you can go and make the commander that you want and you can throw them in and have fun like that's something that's cool to me because it adds to that like flexibility of just saying like okay this is kind of what we want to play today or how we want to change it up today um aside from just following the historical aspects of it yeah absolutely some some people like to put themselves in the game don't they yeah yeah so, you know knock, knock yourself out i say i, <laughs> I I'm, you know, I'm not i'm not i'm not the historical game police uh mm-hmm. if people if people want to play a game in their way they should play the game that's that's why I'm really I'm I'm more about people playing games, you know, getting figures on the table and playing games. Yeah, putting yourself in the game could be fun. Do you have a uh, like balding, <laughs> overweight kind of <laughs> piece that I could use? Could be great. <laughs> I don't think we could create one. I don't think you've got statue roll enough. <laughs> yeah. Roll ten on everything to do anything. Okay, so. Let's get into some of the mechanics here. Hmm. Um, you know, we've laid a good foundation for the historical and stuff. What are your favorite or even a couple of your favorite mechanics that you think set Baron's War aside from other gaming systems out there? Uh, uh, there's, a, there's a couple of things I do like about the game. Uh, I like the way that the morale system works. And as you lose, we have a, a morale marker in 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 the book we use a dice so as a group begins to take uh casualties or things happen to them their morale counter goes up and the way that that then affects uh that unit going forwards uh it can affect the way that they fight it can obviously affect if they run or not it can affect the decisions that they make it can affect their obviously their morale check and that morale can go up and down throughout the game so I, I do like the way that that works. And I think uh, in reality that, you know, morale would be the biggest effect on a warrior on the on the battlefield. So if they were tired or they're just seeing, you know, their mate, you know, John get chopped down into lots of pieces by the side of them, it's going to probably have an effect on them. So I try to include that into the game. Yeah, a bit of a like a floating morale kind of. As things go wrong, morale gets worse. Yeah, and if you, and but also on the other side, you know, if you're if you your morale's higher than your opponents when you engage them in combat, you actually get a bonus as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I I like that a lot. It's, it's it makes sense, really. It's hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's thematic to actual combat. Yeah, yeah, and I, I also, I, sorry, go on. No, you go ahead first. <laughs> No, I was gonna. I was gonna lead us somewhere else. So. No, I was gonna say, I, yeah, the, with the morale aspect, I, I know I was reading through the rules, and it's like, all right, we're on combat, and every time it's like, it referenced around, it's just like I need to go read this section actually right now to know what the heck, no, like learn what I'm doing, and then you're reading through that, and you're like, oh, this is this is awesome. How this is just kind of all coming together around kind of this morale aspect of it um, that keeps your unit, that keeps your guys fighting, you know. Yeah, totally, and and, and also it, there's there's a lot we can start to do on morale as well. You know, to start with, it, it's affected by uh, the level of the troop, obviously their morale score, and then you combine the morale dice. But going forwards, we can start to have uh, 
a faction because we, we're going to add Vikings and Saxons and uh, a Norman supplement as well. So it won't be to the to the Barons War, it'll be pre Barons War. But we've got the Vikings who uh, who were raiders, so they they accept that they're uh, that they're going to die and go to Valhalla, and they're pretty cool with that. So they they ignore the first uh, casualties that they take, so their morale dice isn't affected in combat. So we I can start to sorry, go on. Uh, I was say I caught dibs. Even before I, I, I finished, <laughs> I get the long ships. I call dibs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so that that all of a sudden allows us to make the Vikings quite flavoursome, you know. And uh, you know, they they don't mind that they die, you know, because uh, they know they're going to go to Valhalla. So their morale isn't affected in the same way. So it, it starts allowing us to do that kind of thing. And uh, you know, when we start doing the Crusades and the Templars, they'll ignore the morale dice because obviously they 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 they're on a mission from God, so and they're quite happy about that too. So they're they're pretty steadfast. So just by having that morale mechanic in there, we can we can step it up and down, and we can move it around, and and it, it lets us it gives us a lot of a big scope really to to give different uh, types of troops and different factions of troops some real flavour. The Vikings could totally have a uh, like a slaving mechanic, where as you, <laughs> you know, as you def- like as you defeat opponents, they can take them as thralls. <laughs> totally want the Vikings now. Yeah. <laughs> um, is there a healing mechanic in the game? I don't believe so. Right? No. Okay. No. In most in most cases, uh, one we call it wound or damage, or is one figure gone mm-hmm. so yeah. as you start as you start to you, the, 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 you can if we're looking at the morale the morale does have a uh, a chance of going up as well so at the end of a because that, that's a kind of healing you know at the end of a end of a round you adjust the morale dice so automatically your morale your morale dice improves by one pip unless you're fatigued or you know you're you're still broken or or some something's happening to you, and in those cases, in some cases, you'll get a, a morale check to see if it'll change. So the morale dice does go up and down. So that is kind of like a healing, but uh, mm-hmm. troops healing, no, 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 no. They once they <laughs> they're gone, they're gone. That's, yeah. uh, they're, they're out of there. Yeah, and I know you kind of mentioned there. I did see this question on the Facebook page. Somebody did ask that. So usually, one wound is a casualty one casualty and there's really yes. there's only one exception i think i've seen in that and that is like uh i think the barbed war horses um yes yeah if they're if they're a knight's riding a war horse then that they take two but you they don't carry over so if you cause three wounds to a unit with uh uh with barded horses you'd only remove one and then you ignore the other one because they're pretty tough So what? Um, I just lost my spot here. Sorry. <laughs> um, so I think one of the also I don't even I think unique things about this that I really enjoy just because I'm I like that is kind of the like the army building aspect and like building yeah. the units. I think that is pretty awesome. So like you said, you know, you have kind of this basic template of what your groups can do. Um, mm-hmm. And then you can go about and really customize them in any way. I know for myself, I put together like a, a 500 point um, army here 
and it was actually really fun just going through i think and making this because you're like all right well what do i want people to do um which i think is an kind of a great aspect i know i made one kind of group of some heavily armored mountain knights that are like half of my army points and i'm like i don't think that's a smart idea <laughs> but it's like yeah whatever let's play it let's see what it see what happens yeah we tried we tried to keep that bit as open as possible uh like funny enough i i would say that's probably the most unique aspect of the game mm-hmm. uh the idea is really behind it that when they uh, mustered to go to war or to skirmish or whatever, these barons, they would just bring what they had. So we wanted to be able to make people's retinues uh, really varied. So you can pick exactly, you know, you can, you know, choose the forces that you want to take and what you want to paint. So really there's, there's, it's very basic, the rules in selecting, you know, 50% can be command groups. 10% must be green. Very much, you know, that's it. Yeah, a minimum of three uh, infantry or two cavalry per group. So we've, we've tried to keep it uh, as open as we possibly can. Yeah, it seems it seems really open too. And I love, I love too, um, you can actually put, you know, you guys have, there's like two or three pages of just abilities that you can put on like commanders, um, yeah. in units which you can sit there and say all right i want this group of knights to have this one cool ability because i was able to get it for however commanders i have and you can really customize it because like i know if me and carl play we could sit there and say all right here's like the basic like we take the same models but they could just be completely different oh totally we, we, because that's the that's the way it is i mean everything has started a man is a man you know even a knight or a peasant we're all humans you know that's in 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 the game that's the way that it's based what mm-hmm. but how we've started otherwise you know your spear all your spearmen would be exactly the same mm-hmm. so we we kind of mixed it up by saying well these are your different levels of experience that you can choose so you can say i've got a spearman and you've got a spearman but i'm going to take an experienced spearman you might take a you know a veteran spearman so your stats are going to be better you know obviously you'll cost more but all of a sudden that spearman is different then you're going to say, well, I'm going to put some armor on mine. You're not going to put armor on yours. Okay, there's another difference. And then we all say, well, well, let's give it some abilities, that unit of spearmen some ability. So by giving them an ability, it gives them some, some flavor. And then at the, at the end of that, it shakes out. Even though we both started with a spearman, we've got a different level of experience of a spearman with different equipment. So all of a sudden, they do become two, two very different things. Although they're, you know, they're both armed with a pointy stick right. for stabbing, but you know, it, it, it enables you to do that. And you can then also go back and say, well, I need some more spearmen, so I'll have a different level spearmen with a, and even the spearmen within your own retinue are different. So you know, it, it does. Even though it, it looks like there's not a lot of choice across uh, the types of warriors, you know, crossbowmen, spearmen, bowmen, you know, levy that kind of thing. There is a lot of choice in each of those groups to really customize, you know, what you take. Yeah, you, I mean, you got one guy has a spearman that's a trained killer. The other guy has one that is holding a pitchfork with some tongs that broke off of it. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. The like you can make your army play exactly how you want them to play. Like, do you want uh you know a massive um 
oh, what, what's the green, right? That's the lowest. It's like, yeah, you can That's put right, yeah. green troops out there, but they're probably going to get worked by some of these veterans. And now we were talking yeah. about like when we, when we play our first game, I yeah. was, I told the question, I'm probably going to build a more of an alpha kind of army where higher point costs, um, fewer troops. That way I just have less things to track. Yeah. What would you recommend for people trying out their first game? Uh, I would, I would definitely start at 500 points. Uh, and, and I would, uh, I wouldn't worry too much of adding any abilities and all of that kind of thing. I would just take some basic troop types and just get used to the way that the mechanics play. Mm-hmm. So I would go with that first and just take take a mix, take a good mix, because then you can try out all the different units. So take some bowmen, some spearmen, uh, some levy uh, unit of knights, have a command group, you know, and just start with that. And just get used to the way that you activate your troops, the way that the actions, you know, the action tokens work, uh, the way that you alternate between your units and you react and do that first. Uh, and then once you've you've got that basics, then you can start to go in and really shake it up. And uh, a air quotes, normal game is a thousand points, right? Yeah, yeah, we would, we would okay. once, once, yeah, once you've got your head around, uh, and it, it, it looks, uh, so some people say, oh, there's a lot to it. Yes, but once you've got your head around the basics, the way that the basics work, mm-hmm. uh, you'll, uh, a thousand point game, you can play it in under an hour and a half. You know, it's that, it can be that quick. But what I'm saying, I, I think you need to make uh, those small steps up to there. And, and also, if you, you're starting, collect 500 points, you can then add blocks onto it, you know, another 100 points or another 200 points, try that, add another 100 points until you get up to 1,000 points. Very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What What is the largest game that you've played on this? I mean, I know it's a skirmish game, so it's supposed to be small model. Kind of, have you, like, tested the limits to be like, how how much can I put out here until the, it gets I think the, weird? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the... the there is a couple of things that will uh, you would have to change after after a certain size. One is the unit coherency. So yeah. you have a miniature and everybody has to stay with it. The unit coherency that is two inches for uh, <laughs> infantry and three inches for for cavalry. So you can only get so many figures around another figure. Mm-hmm. So it, there is a limit around that. Otherwise, you could have lots and lots and lots of units. Uh, but it, it will still work. It's still absolutely fine. And, and we've gone up to three, 4,000 points just to oh, test wow. it. And it was still, it still played fine. Uh, the only challenge you have is time. Right. Yeah. It, it just seems takes like longer. That'd, be, just to, that'd be a long game. But yeah, yeah that, that's the only thing that the mechanics will work within that. That's fine. But uh, it's just the time that it takes to play. Hmm. What else do we have here? Let's see. Um, so how many factions are currently in the game? Well, factions with interesting, like, obviously. <laughs> yeah, they well, the, the with the game itself, there's one faction. Yeah, because it's, okay, it's it's a, you know the, a faction can be uh, it's, it's, it's 
it's they're all they're all kind of knights were knights were knights of mm-hmm. that period and and you know the levy were levy were levy so the way that your factions could be well they're all the same types of troops however your faction could be all your individual retinues because you can build your retinue to to be totally different to everybody else's so if you're looking for uh you know when when i think of factions i think of dwarves or elves or humans or you know that kind of thing all the base numbers are the same for everybody like we said earlier the thing that is going to make them very different is the experience and the armor and and how many you have in a unit and the abilities and just by having those mechanics open to you everything can be very different you can create and i'm doing air quotes now your own faction you know based on what you build right right you know, going forwards, obviously, if we, if, well, it'll be backwards because we're going to do what they call the, dark, you know, Dark Ages or the early medieval ages. Uh, but, you know, the factions would then be a lot easier. You'd have Saxons and Vikings and Normans, and we would do early Saxons, Romano, British, you know, late Romans, that kind of thing, Irish, Picts, Scots. Uh, they, they would all, they would all flow in and they would, be very different uh to each other because they do play very different so that would probably be be what you're looking for for different factions right um and yeah so going off of that now you're gonna how when you do like you know potentially have like other like factions or Mm -hmm. armies built in how are you gonna like go about um kind of like releasing them about to be like oh hey here's this um that you can now play to with these miniatures that we've released yeah the the, the one we like say we're working on is the is like the the dark age one with the the vikings and the normans and saxons they i was going to put them in the rule book anyway at the time when we were the original one which was going to be 60 pages uh because it grew to what it became they didn't fit anymore they were just really like i'd have been shoehorning them in so by taking them out, we've developed it further. And because I said I was going to give it away for the Kickstarter, we're going to give it away anyway. So we just the, the plan is to finish that off uh, in the next couple of weeks and have that laid out, and we'll make it uh, a free download uh, on the Warhouse site. Is what we'll do. Awesome. That's pretty. That's pretty cool. So basically, to play, you just need the rule book you know, the 140 yeah. page rule book. And then if you want to change it up, you can just go on to Warhost and say, oh, these guys look interesting and just do like a PDF download. And yeah, you'll just be able to, yeah, the supplement will be there to download. I mean, we've already started sticking mm-hmm. alternative rules up there. There's a, there's a forum up there. We're writing some blog posts with other ideas, etc. So, and, and Futsal already have all the figures and, you know, you can get Vikings and Normans and Saxons from lots of different places. Obviously, ours are the best uh, because I have to say that. Uh, but, but you know, the beauty of it being a historical game, there's lots of choice. But uh, yeah, all you'll need is the the 140 page rule book. Go and download that supplement. The army lists will be in there. A bit of background, and away you go. Off you go and play Vikings. And and the good thing about this rule set is you can easily play Vikings versus Vikings but with different Viking warbands because you just make them your own or Saxons right. versus Saxons. So, you know, because you have all of this choice around how you select your force, you can really give it your own character. 
Yeah, that seems that to me it just seems super kind of fascinating because you're like, yeah, you have like uh, the one faction now that you can kind of customize in any way, so it's all different. Then once you throw like an entirely new like Vikings, then you're gonna have it be where it's like, oh, hey, here's two things you can make them to whatever flavor you want. Like just the like the cust the customization and personalization, I think is awesome. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um. All right. So. Carl, what do you have any other types of questions? Uh, you know, my uh, my last question here would be, where can people basically access all the content, like you know, your Facebook page, um, those kinds of things? Where where can people come find this? Yeah, stuff? yeah, I'm on Facebook. Some people would say I'm all over Facebook, but uh, I have my own Facebook page because it keeps it separate for. Uh, from my personal one, so which is Andy Andy Warhost uh, or Andy Hobday, I'll turn up in either of those. There is a the Barons War uh, group on Facebook, which is growing exponentially each week. Yes, so come it, and join that. There's lots of people there. A lot of members as of late. Very quickly, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, and then we have Warhost the Warhost website, which is. Uh, supporting the Barons War, but in time it will start to support other projects I'm working on. So it's warhost.online and it's there. And then if you want to uh, purchase the rules or go and check out the rules, they're all on the footsawminiatures.co.uk website. Awesome. All right. My, my last question, and it's actually kind of funny, it is from my wife because you know, I told her that we were going to be talking with you today and she was, she's never really the one to be like, Oh, cool. Like you're playing with miniatures. Um, but she did <laughs> ask, she did ask, she was, um, she asked how many copies of your rule book have been pre-ordered. I don't know if you can say this or not. Um, uh, what actual, actual printed or sold? Uh, either uh, or, either or, yeah. <laughs> uh, we, ooh, I, don't, I don't know if she give you exact numbers. However, uh, it, it is, I've sold more of this book than any other book that I've worked on. And that doesn't even mean my own. So it's been, it's taken us a bit by surprise. So uh, it's in the thousands. Uh, and uh, we printed a lot because of the Kickstarter. And we nearly need to have another print run awesome. so it's it's you know it's gone very well <laughs> awesome all right so that that was the last question i had for you like um just uh i'll reiterate like your guys's website you can find the rules on it's footsoreminiatures.co.uk um you can navigate that website and you can find them there how um, much is just the pdf just how much is it pdf is 10 pounds 10 english pounds Dakota, how, how how much did you do? Uh, thirteen fifty USD. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I know for you can get a thirteen fifty um, American. Uh, you can get the PDF, and right now on the website, I'm looking at it right now for twenty seven fifty. You can get the PDF, the printed version, and then a free Bishop of Winchester um, for twenty seven fifty. Um, or 2050 just without the pdf um so if anybody's interested to check them out 
I'd recommend going and looking at this rule book. Yeah, because I mean the 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 price of entry is like obviously we want to get the legitimate miniatures, but you could technically play this game with a bucket army men if you wanted to. Yeah, I totally. mean the, the price of entry to this game is, I mean you could be all in for twenty bucks, like twenty American. It's like I don't know, I don't know how much money in Monopoly money, but uh, <laughs> like, like seventeen dollars. I don't know. Um, but yeah, the price of entry to this game is remarkably low. And then yeah, you could buy five hundred points of like the actual miniatures and just you know expand every once in a while as we talked about earlier. So I I think uh, I think that is a big sell for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, and then. A quick fun fact here for anybody in America, we have learned through our wives that if you actually tell them the euro, euro or um, pounds or whatever it is, yep, that they don't know what it is. So go feel yep. free to say, oh, it's ten pounds, and then they're like, well, how much is that? And you're like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll figure it out. I, I literally <laughs> just did it yesterday. I was ordering a new, uh, um, a, like a Dungeons and Dragons homebrew kind of story, and it was um, a thousand. Swedish, uh, Krona? Krona, yeah. And wife's like, "How much is that?" And I'm like, "I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I worry about that when I get to the checkout. I guess I'm not sure." Like, yeah. uh, so, so the moral of this story is we should all put our prices in Krona, then, yeah. Basically, yes. <laughs> it makes everything sound cool because it was it like does, yeah. one Krona was like twelve cents in American, and I'm like, yeah. "Oh, like that's kind of." cool so basically yeah i spent like a thousand dollars on a game yesterday felt good good. (laughs) Um, all right carl do you have anything else that you'd like to add i i do not i just want to say uh thank you andy for coming on today this was a real treat um i'm very excited to actually get some of these models on the table i'm i'm sure when because dakota and i pretty much any chance we get, we'll play in person. Next time we'll be, we get in person. We usually play Song Ice and Fire. We'll be playing this. We'll stream it on Twitch. Um, people can come hang out there, uh, and yeah, you guys can watch us fumble through the rules for a little bit and kind of yeah, learn can, to play with us. If anyone, yeah, you can, you can watch us that. not play correctly. That'll be yes. the, that'll be <laughs> game one. It'll be us having a rule book and like the quick reference sheet and then just making a bunch of mistakes and everybody going, you guys. Yeah, do, do, do download the quick reference sheet from Warhost. There's an, a, there's an A4. I think we've done a, an American size one as well. And it has all the page reference numbers on. So it'll take you for a turn. And you can reference where you need to be. Yes, I actually did download that because that will see she is a hand, helpful tip, helpful uh, resource. Yes, I just looked it up. That will be. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. Yes, uh, thank you. Like I'd, I'd like to also say, you know, thank you for joining, taking time out of your day and joining us. Um, and, you know, we look forward to playing this and uh, hope maybe speaking to you again, you know, kind of in the future when some uh, different things, different aspects come about. Um, for this game especially very well (laughs) you're very welcome thank you for inviting me okay well until next time uh thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you guys later